are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. This episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is sponsored by True North Arrows. True North Arrows has developed the archery industry's best environmentally safe products to stain, crown dip, crest, and clear finish your wood, carbon, and aluminum arrows. Their products are industrial and exterior grade to give you the toughest finish on the market, plus the true waterborne technology will give you professional results without the odors of solvent-based products of yesteryear. For cresting, True North has classic as well as vintage colors available in cresting paints and crown dip, and there's even metallic cresting paint available for those who really want to set their arrows apart from the crowd. And if you're a carbon arrow shooter, then check out their carbon cleaner. And there's also a carbon primer available to make your carbon and aluminum arrows resemble wood shafts. Now, I used to build a lot of custom arrows, and I've known Joe Callahan at True North for many years. His products for custom arrows are second to none. So be sure to check out his website. And while you're there, also look for the free how-to videos that Joe has made available there. Lastly, if you're not an arrow builder yourself, that's okay too, because Joe even sells fully built custom arrows as well. So just head over to www.truenortharrows.com and have a look for yourself. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel, joined on the other end of the line by my good buddy, Mr. Nick View. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. You know, uh, we got a bunch of crazy stuff happening right now, but man, I've had a I've had a good archery month to say the least. But you know, just uh, just trying to stay healthy. Other than that, yeah this this whole uh, coronavirus, I tell you, it's 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 interesting. What you and I were talking about, it's all everybody's talking about, right? So, um, sports is going crazy. Schools are are closing. Um, we just found out today that. Uh, Bella's Lori's driving down to pick Bella up tomorrow for spring break. And, uh, we just found out today they've already extended the spring break an extra week. Um, and then possibly going to go a week after that where she'll be, you know, staying at home, but doing all of her schoolwork remotely. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about it. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really trying to keep a level head and it's like, you don't know who to believe, man. I don't, I don't know either. It's, it's, you know, being that I work for a university myself, um, we just had a bunch of kids and faculty get back from stink from spring break and study abroad. And, and some people are still out there. Um, and you know, I just went into work yesterday and found out several competitors were closing up and all different policies you know some were sending faculty and students home and you know staff were reporting some were going completely mobile and saying only mobile classes are going to happen some were just sending students home so we're sitting here waiting for the other you know for the ball to drop going okay what's going to happen am i coming back they're like take all your stuff home you might be out a month well it's like well that's a big deal so yeah so we all got ready then about seven o'clock we get an email that says you're uh we're going to send all the students home until the end of March and all faculty and staff are to report. And then we're going to go to mobile education um, until mid April. And that's all we know. So we're still working, but it's funny because campus is a ghost town. We've got nobody at the rec center, nobody in dining. I mean, we're like, there's nobody there. So because the student workers, man, most of the university. Um, right. So now we're just kind of, you know, watching all this stuff close down and every event close down and 
it's it's I don't know what to think of it either. Um, part of me is like, you know, they're talking about practicing social distancing and then the, the hand sanitizer and toilet paper stuff showing up everywhere. And and it's just it's crazy, man. It, it's like, OK, is something is something going on or is this just being overblown? And it's, well, I, I I told my wife today we, we went out to uh, she had to pick up a, a prescription and we had to run and get some gas for her to go pick Bella. And I told her, I said, you know what? The more I think about this, I think it's Donald Sutherland's behind all of it. Uh, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, I mean, it's it's so you know a couple of things. One, the it, there so there's there's like a couple of different arguments, and this actually almost feeds into what we're we're I think we're going to end up talking about a little bit here today. But it's you know you either have the people saying the media is blowing this out of proportion. Um, it's uh it's an election year. So we always have to have this, you know, this pandemic scare in every election cycle. And I do, you know, there is some, there's some merit to those, to those statements. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you see the other side with, you know, I, I don't ever recall, agencies and businesses reacting to some of these strains of flu and those kind of things that have gone around like I'm seeing a reaction here. So either one society has changed to the point where we're as a whole, we're, we're, we're listening to um, the hype more and we're, we're, you know, you can call it panic. You can call it, you know, um, excessive precaution. Whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they're they're taking this thing really seriously. Based on if it is the media hype, then uh, they're they're really taking it seriously. Or the flip side of this is, and I guess to me, in some ways, this is the scenario that scares me more. Is that our our elected officials know a lot more than they're than they're telling the public to avoid you know mass hysteria which i kind of feel like is already happening anyway but you know do they know more than they're telling us um and they're only you know they're 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 advising certain people to take action so it doesn't necessarily look like a panic and then maybe they're allowing the media to hype this thing up so that it keeps that argument going about well is it real or is it media hype and all this other stuff so people aren't asking the real questions i i don't know i mean i i'm not i don't see myself as as much of a conspiracy theorist but some of this stuff is just not it just doesn't add up um to me so i you know, I don't know. Well, well if, I, I guess we're going to know in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it's really odd. You know, but we're all talking about, you know, how is this going to impact the uh, the archery season coming up, you know, with all the events and the gatherings and whatnot. And, and uh, maybe it won't at all. You know, I got an Ireland trip coming up here in June. You know, Ireland's got like 35 cases. Um, right. You know, it's... Uh, it's just bizarre, man. And, you know, we got the whole we got we still have students, I guess, international students overseas and and stuff happening. So for a university, it's kind of weird. And, you know, a university is going to get a bad rap no matter what they do. If they 
if they call classes and send everybody home, well, they're falling into the overhype, you know, and everybody's a snowflake and everything else, and we can't deal with anything anymore. And then if we don't close, the parents are, are, are picketing because we don't care about the students. Why didn't you and, do something? Exactly. Right. So, you know, one. so if any of these faculty and staff get sick that are now reporting, then it'll be, oh, you shouldn't have had us come back. And, and you know, it's... It's a really a no-win situation, and I pity anybody on the PR team right now. Um. <laughs> yeah, but but when you but when you think about think about what you just you just said though, um, when you're talking about your trip to Ireland, and this is this is the kind of thing that that I'm saying that it just doesn't add up. Thirty-five cases in Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, proportionately to the population of Ireland, and I don't know what it is, but. There's a lot of people that live in Ireland well, yeah. and to have 50, to have, you know, that small amount of cases, again, the numbers to me just, and I'm sure somebody with a lot more, a lot more background in the subject area could explain it to me. I'm just, as a, as an individual on the outside looking in, I just, I, those, that's the, what I mean when I say these numbers aren't adding up. You're right. Um, I, I totally agree. And it just happened out of it kind of just happened out of nowhere. All of a sudden, everybody was talking about it, and all this stuff started happening. So it's it's you know now pandemics being thrown around. Uh, you know, it's just yeah. I don't. Well, know. it's already been declared. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I should have said declared, uh, not not. Thrown yeah, around. I mean it's 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 been declared as a pandemic, and shame on me. I, I actually I didn't know we were actually going to go down this little topic here. I'd, <laughs> I'd have probably tried to do a little research, but. Uh, you know, I think one thing I need to sit down and actually do for myself is is better understand what I know what a pandemic is. What I don't know is what warrants calling something a pandemic. Um, because you know, I, I hear pandemic and I'm thinking things like the bubonic plague, um, and, and smallpox, those kind of things, and that's not. Again, that's just not what I'm seeing here. But mm-hmm. anyway, we're, we're kind of beating this up. You know, as far as the archery events, the good news is if there's if there's a good news from the from the archery and the, you know, the the 3D shoots and the gatherings and those kind of things perspective is from now on, most of those, if not all of those are going to be held outdoors. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're in a confined space. Yes. Again, if you know, if you're one of those wash your hands all the time, kind of, it, it's it's not like you're you're, you know, uh, touching the same tables and doorknobs and those kind of things is where most of the, I think most of the transmission comes from stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, that's the, that's the good side of that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to get us down this path either, but it's that's kind okay. of what's happening. <laughs> so. it, it is. And, and you and I haven't chatted for a while and there's several things that we won't talk about. I do want to quickly mention though, um, you're, you're, if you're listening to this, you're pretty much stuck with Nick and I for this week. We did have a guest lined up, um, for this evening. I'm not sure, uh, what exactly happened. Um, but haven't, haven't heard from him yet. And we're, we were at the point where we had to decide if we were going to go ahead and record and try to pick that guest back up at a future date. So Nick and I tossed a, a few ideas around and we've got some, we've got some things to cover and a few topics we're going to, we're going to touch on that I think is, um, I think it'll be entertaining. And we've talked about these some before, uh, and we're going to, we're going to reschedule that guest and, and get him back on here real soon. And it's somebody that I really think everybody will, uh, enjoy because, you know, uh, this guy covers pretty much the full 
gamut of everything we're talking we talk about on this show from from he's he does a lot of fishing he does a lot of hunting with trad bow he hunts with a longbow he hunts with a recurve um he's got videos on both of those he's got videos hunting with a muzzle loader he's got um he's taking animals with self bow i mean just he covers the whole spectrum mm-hmm. and i think it's going to be really entertaining so we're you know we're going to try to make that happen so you'll probably hear that hopefully next week um and we've got some other good stuff lined up and coming too but with all that said uh so you and i haven't chatted since uh before the hog hunt and i know we had tom on last week mm-hmm. him and i kind of recapping that so i don't want to go back down that path but uh, one of the things that had happened, you know, kind of between uh, all that time and, and those kind of things was the, the MLA banquet. Um, I couldn't make it this year. Uh, well, I guess I could have, but I chose to go to the expo this year instead, and I'll be back at the banquet, uh, God willing, next year. Mm-hmm. But um, give us a give us a recap on the on the banquet real quick and, you know, think, just kind of highlights that you saw there. And I know you've got a, a, a pretty uh, unique story to tell out of that banquet, so I'll, I'll let you run with this for a few minutes. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, it was it was a great banquet for me. Um you know, I, I had a, uh, for one, I got my, I got my big game rocker for my patch. Uh, the first, a couple of years ago, we, uh, we instituted that if you, uh, you take your first animal, you get an MLA patch and then you always get a leather fop and you get a big game award. Um, if you get everything in by the, by December 9th. And then the second time you get a big game animal, you don't get another patch. You do get a fop and a pin and all that, but you also get a rocker that flies above the patch that says big game award. So um, I got my my first big game award, and I think I'm actually the first rocker recipient too. Um, and which is hard to believe. I think a lot of people didn't submit their stuff in, but but yeah, because that was that was a few years ago. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, got to see the same usual cast of characters that go every year. Um, that was a lot of fun, you know, Bub and Caroline, John, uh, Buchin, Bob Bones, Jamie Burkhead, Jill Burkhead, Diana Buchin, you know, Donna Jones, Rob's wife, you know, we all sat together and, and, and shared a table. That was a lot of fun. Um, great raffle and auctions and David Darling was there this year and, uh, yeah, he was there last year too, but you know, I, I got to talk to David, uh, you know, Kalamazoo Bow Works. And, uh, I said, David, you know, we ought to, you and I got to sit down and we got to talk about a bow. Probably not this year. Cause I got the Ireland trip and I got to save some money, but maybe next year I, I want to talk about a bow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy that buys a lot of bows, but you know, I'd like to have one of yours, um, to go with my St. Joe. So, uh, he said, well, you know, you could get in this card raffle we're about to do. And I said, you're doing a card raffle bow giveaway. And he said, yeah, it starts in like five minutes. So I'm like, he goes, you got to go put a ticket in. So I went and I bought a couple cards, got the nine and 10 of clubs, um, and, which would be the mo- the worst Euchre hand ever. So I was like, oh guys, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. <laughs> and, uh, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there talking to, uh, to another friend and they said 10 of clubs. And I was like, no way. I'm like, I just won the bow and I want to, I want to Kalamazoo bow works. Um, a flannel backed one. With my choice of woods, um, I won the um, the Bowie was giving away was the uh, the Manistee, the longer one, the one I want, the, the like the sixty four. 
And, you know, before I know it, you know, we, him and I were chatting about what I wanted and I'm going to do like a, a green flannel on the front and a, uh, I'm going to do a, uh, green glass on the back. And then, um, he's got a, he's got some really cool Egyptian something wood he's going to use and, um, with a red accent. So it should look really, really sharp. And I got it like 55 pounds at 28 and 64 inches. So I'm really excited. He says he's going to have it done in like Mar in like late March or April. And, uh, it's, it's pretty neat that that happened. And he was just grinning from ear to ear. You know, I got my picture taken with him and everything because he's like, we were just talking about this. I'm so stoked that you want it. Now I get to make a bow for another friend. So yeah. Well, and I, I think I messaged him, uh, the day after you told me about that and said, I, it looks like I'm going to be the only one that has to actually end up buying a bow from you because <laughs> we, we gave the one away and Ryan Tucker won that one who I was hunting with, uh, you know, in hog camp this year. And then you win this one. And I still say if he can find it or find something close to it, you got to you gotta see if he can find like that Grouse Haven uh, plaid. Oh, uh, yeah. Fred Bear. If you can find it. I, I think, you know, I know he's done the one with um, – the black and red checkered for mm -hmm. uh, uh, help me out here, Neil Summers. Yep, for Neil Summers. And yep. yeah, and and that bow looked really cool. So you know that would that would still be good. But yeah, if he could find some of that Grouse Haven plaid, man, that would be awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of becoming his thing now. Um, he, I know, I've seen him posted on. He's actually got some camo patterns too. Yeah, he does, and he's got some of the old camo patterns, like the old, like when the camo first came out patterns, like the woodland camo. Yeah, the woodland camo. Like I, I think it's really neat that he's doing that. Um, that he's got a thing, and and he's kind of finding his own little niche there. And um, I, I'm really stoked. I th that manistee was the one I really liked. So I'm, I'm glad I get one there pretty soon. And I'm like, you know, and I just got two great Northerns and none of them match that one. And I should have got a green and blue. Now I'm going to have to get a green and uh brown hood to match what I've got coming. Uh, but yeah, I was really excited about that. Then Jess won the, Jess won a spot in the chili cook-off again this year for the spring shoot. So she gets, she actually, oh, cool. yeah, well, she actually bought the can. So for you, for you guys that don't know out there, basically what, Denny Avery gets up and he auctions off a can of beanless, meatless chili. And that's your entrance into the chili cook-off. So Jess bit on it and won it for like 45 bucks or something like that. And then she put <laughs> half my raffle tickets in the bag to win it too and won that one. <laughs> so she gave that one away or they repulled it. And... uh so she's in the chili cook-off this year. So the banquet ended up being pretty awesome. And I also got a really cool gift from the Stick Talk editors, uh, Francis and Tom. Um, they made wood-burned MLA coasters on, like, cut-up pieces of, like, uh, what? It, it was, like, pine or something. Like, it was actually di diced-up, like, limb and hmm. wood-burned. It's really cool looking. I haven't posted it yet. I should. but So I walked away out of that thing cleaning up. Um, I don't usually, I didn't win a single thing other than that, but, um, man, that was great. It was a great banquet. You were really missed. We talked about you a lot. Um, 
I wish I would have had a chance to talk to Tom, but as per usual, I never got a chance to talk to Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, next year, uh, really planning on, on trying to make it again, unless, you know, something, something happens. So, um, and I, I'll be honest, I, I missed it too. Uh, mm-hmm. I really did. It was kind of, uh, it was a bit bittersweet, you know, cause I really enjoyed the expo and it was good to see that. Um, and, and I definitely want to go back to that again. So it's just one of those situations where it's, it's, it's almost impossible for me to do both. And even though I want to, so, um, glad I was missed. And I will tell you this, it's funny you brought this, this chili, the chili up, uh, because I did think about you uh, a couple of times during during our hog hunt because we had chili two nights and hmm. and I know <laughs> I know that that was a topic of discussion the last time you and I hunted hogs together but uh, one of them was uh, Rick Butler and if I remember correctly uh, Rick was saying that you know that his had won that um, the cook chili cook off one year yep uh, but it was man it was really good God, and and we had that is the one thing i will say we had some really good food in that camp because you know we were we we weren't at like andrews where we you know the the meals were prepared for us we everybody just kind of chipped in and did a meal each night mm-hmm. and uh it was uh, man some fantastic food and a lot of food oh for sure um, and the funny thing is, Steve, the only, the last thing I'll say about the banquet is the council just keeps getting better every year with how, how this thing goes. And we were out of there with like two hours to, to just talk. That's we, awesome. We didn't know, I know there's, yeah, go ahead. I'm we sorry. didn't know what to do with ourselves. Like usually, <laughs> usually you're right up until like 1030 and still going through raffles and auctions. And we were well, and there's been people that had to leave. Before. Oh yeah. And we were done. They, they listened to everybody's feedback when we were done and out of there well before we had to do we had to get out of there like right, it, it, it right. was really a great evening and we still had like 165 people so it it was it, it was a great it was a great event they just keep getting better and 165 better. like 160 165 yep somewhere in there so nice yeah it was it was well nice. well attended you know they're thriving they're doing a really good job but it's because they listen and they take feedback and they treat all the members so great so yeah, it's, it's, it was, I know John was proud and, you know, I was proud to be a member. So, so yeah, man, you, uh, hopefully we get you next year and, and yeah, looking forward to that again, like always. Well, like I said, I'm definitely, definitely going to try, um, you know, I've got, uh, the, the bear hunt this year. I'm still keeping, um, the possibility of, of coming back up and hunting with you guys this fall. Um, We'll try to make that happen. It'll just depend, depend on timing. But uh, the the next year is a new year as far as vacation and so forth. And like I said, unless unless there's just something that keeps me away, I will definitely be there and 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 really looking forward to it. So awesome! But glad you glad you had a great time. Glad to hear that uh, the event went went very smoothly. And you know, I can I can close my eyes and picture a lot of that just going from past years. I mean, it's it, I'm sure it was a I'm sure it was a great event. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've had um so while while you've kind of got to floor you've you've had a little bit of uh, additional excitement recently and we hadn't had a, a chance to talk to you about that i will give you official congratulations on the the article that you had published in tbm yeah that you know that was a that was a long time goal of mine that was the last issue the um the the, basically the spring the spring issue which is usually what what Don and and TJ calls the turkey issue 
And um, I've been wanting to get into traditional bow hunter forever. Um, I sent a story into Don before I wrote Life and Longbows, and um, he really liked it, but he couldn't use it, and there because of some things in it. And um, like I, I think I'd named it was Dad's deer, and I'd named the deer, and he said that's just you know that's something we don't do. Um, and there was a couple other things in there and I said, well, you know what? I really can't change it. So I got to keep it in there because it's the point of the whole story. But he said, please submit things in the future. We'd like to hear from you. And after that, I've done a couple online things with them. And, um, I know Robin Conrad's, I've been talking to her for quite a while. And every time, you know, I see her, she's like, you got to send something in, you got to send something in. And, and part of it, it's just like, I think I worked this thing up in my head, like, eh, you know, I don't. You know, what if they don't want it? What if the photos aren't good enough? And then, oh, I don't know if I want to wait an entire year to see it in print, you know, because you you submit it to them and, and they pay you right away. But your your, your uh, actual story might not get in there for a while. Um, sure. And then I didn't have any. I was also misinformed because I didn't have any wildlife photos and, and or pictures of turkeys. And Don was like, we got tons of pictures of turkeys. You don't have to worry. We would prefer that people don't take you know, game photos because we, we have game photos that from photographers that are set to do that. And, um, you know, it's because you're not going out in the hunters going out in the woods to hunt, you know, they're not setting up with, we're not, they're not setting up with a wild game photography lens and shooting Jerry Gowans type photos, you know, while they're hunting, it's just not happening. So there were a lot of misconceptions and I, I finally, I had a story, I wrote a story called Tandem Turkeys, and it was about um, kind of a carry-on from the oath, um, a story I w- wanted to t- tell about John Bushin and I hunting for a long time, and a really great stalk that we had, which didn't end up in a turkey, but it was a great stalk, and I sent it in, and you know, uh, I was working with Don until Don went in for surgery, and then TJ took over and, and said, yeah, hey Nick, this is all ready to go. And it's good to be in the spring issue. And, you know, they sent me a few copies and every, everything came in. And, man, I was just, you know, other than other than publishing that bow, that book, this was this felt really good. It just felt so cool to see your name in there in TBM under a written work. Yeah. And uh, it, it was great. I, I'm super excited. I've got, you know, I've got a couple copies and give one to John. Um, I don't think you would think John's read it yet. <laughs> You can't find. Yeah, I, I've I've seen pictures of it. I have not. I have not had a chance to read it myself. You can't find um, it. Um, a lot of places around here don't carry it anymore. So, and that's the challenge I've got here. And I'll I'll be honest. I I subscribed to TBM and several other magazines for many years. And to be just brutally honest, it came down to I didn't have time to read them. And they they were just piling up, and I just had to say, you know what, it's just a it's just another pressure I don't need to try to find time to read, you know, magazines. So I I kind of stopped all my magazine subscriptions. But I don't blame you for um, that either, because I feel the same way. You know, when magazines start, you know, I have a hard time getting rid of my stick talks. Um, I don't I I keep those, but um, other than that, that stuff, books in general, and that stuff get they just take up room. Um, well, it was a hard decision for me cause I really like supporting, you know, any, any, and I still consider that a small business. 
Um, oh, absolutely. I, I struggle with not supporting them, but it's just one of those things. Again, it was one thing I just had to cut out. Um, well, not for the money, but more for my mental sanity because it's driving <laughs> me crazy not to not to make time to read. Well, them. and I'm actually um, Dave Belowski bought me a subscription for Christmas because uh, he he you know thought, hey, I want I, you know you are you subscribe, you should be subscribed because I told him I was sending an article in. And, uh, uh, he subscribed for me, but I'm going to, I'm going to re up this next time just because I, you know, I, I've known them long enough and it's kind of like, I feel like they've been around so long that it's almost like they're taken for granted. And with the way the world is moving, you know, how much longer are print magazines going to exist? And, uh, and that's the other part of the struggle for me too. You're right. Yep. And and then, but part of me is like holding on because I'm like, no, I don't want this to go away. So, because if it's gone, it's gone. So I'm like, I I'm gonna subscribe because, you know, I just I feel like just having that thing in my hands, you know, at least it's telling me that people are still doing this stuff and and I'd like to send in more work and, um things of that nature. So I'm hoping to get, I got a couple more I'm working on right now. One's a cool squirrel story that, that I wrote a while ago. That's That's pretty funny. So I want to send that in. But, um, if you think about that, it's kind of sad because you're like, Oh man, I remember when that was the pub, man, everybody, everybody was subscribed to traditional bow hunter and, uh, you couldn't even find it on the shelves and it was a hot commodity for the archers and everybody was trying to, you know, they started subscribing and, I enjoy getting it, but I'm like you. They kind of sit there until one day I'm, I just open them all up at the same time and I start looking through for stories and pictures and, and, you know, just kind of enjoying it that way, picking and choosing the articles I want to read. Um, or if I'm traveling or something or going to camp. And I was getting ready to say, that's what I would yep. do. So I would, I would, I would save them. And then when I went on vacation, I'd carry a stack of magazines with me. <laughs> And read read through them while I was on vacation, but that's a you know you're probably right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I will I'm gonna make a commitment to the same thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go in and resubscribe, um, because it's it is like you said, it's one of those things, and this is probably a good segue to get into you know the other the other topics we were going to talk about here. Sure. But you know everything's going to online, mm-hmm. and 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 we're, you know I think even though the the traditional community, um, let's just say it, there's more seasoned guys out there like me that's older. Um, a lot of the a lot of the the community is just older, and that's probably what's keeping them going. Is you know a lot of that the community is just not really into the internet and computers, and mm-hmm. but that's changing. I mean, you yep. know that that's changing, and and it's going to be it's going to be harder because just like when we had Terry Green on about you know trad gang and the forums. You know, God bless those guys. I mean, they put something together that that really gave traditional bow hunters a, a, a an outlet, a forum. Um, and now everything's gone to social media, good, bad, or indifferent. And that's part of what we're getting ready to talk about here to wrap up this episode. But it does make it a lot harder for uh, things like magazines and even books. I mean, because people are doing everything digitally. Mm-hmm. And I know you're the same way I am. I can I can read on a device. I've got you know, uh, uh, Kindles and I've got, you know, cell phones and iPads. I, I if I'm going to read, I just love that paper in my hand. Yep. Same way. And in, um, in fact, I've been, I've been gobbling up literature lately. 
Um, I've finally got a Jay Campbell's. I finally got Longbow. I didn't own it. I actually put almost all my my banquet tickets into. I didn't know it, but Jamie Burkhead had a signed copy, and he probably would have just given me the thing. And I didn't know he had it, and he figured I had one because I'm such a Jay fan and uh, of his writing, you know. And and I put like all my raffle tickets in there, and didn't win it, and. Then I found it on Jamie found one on Amazon. I got it for like eleven dollars. I was lucky because you don't cool. usually find them. And um, so I got that. Um, Bub found me at um, at the latest at that vintage archery show that we talked to Bob about. Um, Bub before we went to the Tomahawk event last weekend, he went there. He drove all the way to Kalamazoo and went to that thing. And he found me. I'm like, if you find me a copy of Witchery or Archery, grab that for me. And he got me one with a couple pages falling out and got it for like seven bucks. So I got that one now, too. And then we talked a little bit about, you know, just normal, like some literature. I was getting into some classics. And at the banquet, um, Chuck Buckowitz, one of my friends in the MLA, actually, he's a literature hound and uh, loves McManus and loves Macquarie and loves you know, all these writers, Hemingway and all that. Well, he, there was one book there I missed. It was a copy of one of Gene Hill's books, um, which is an upland bird hunting book. And he said, you're going to love this guy. And I've been reading that. It's like a fireside chat it's called, and it's a hardcover and I love his Mm -hmm. writing. So I'm getting to the point where I'm amassing this little library. Again, I cleaned out a bunch of, you know, fiction I'd never read again. And I'm, I'm like starting to get some of this outdoor literature from, like this classic outdoor literature. And I, I really enjoy it. I'll sit there in bed and read it at night now. Um, but yeah, I tried the Kindle thing for a while and it just doesn't, doesn't do the same thing for me unless I'm on a plane or something. You right. Know? But I, I hear you. And speaking of you, speaking of Jay Campbell's book, I wished I'd known I would at least loaned you mine. Um, well, you didn't ever got uh, it back. I would, <laughs> well, then, then that's probably a good thing. Um, and I, I actually need to, and I'd kind of forgotten about it until you said that, um, Miguel, one of the, the Derek Sheehan's friend that came to the hunt last week for last now, um, we spent a lot of time talking to him. He's just getting ready to start cutting his teeth with traditional uh, archery and bow hunting. And, and I told him I would send him my copy of my, not my leather bound, but my normal copy of bows on the little Delta to read. And I need to do that. Uh, I haven't done that yet. So that was a, that was a good. Oh, that's, that's but, cool. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we, 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 we talked about, this is something that we, we've talked about. I want to get into what we actually said we were going to talk about. We <laughs> sure. managed to, and this has all been good conversation, right? But we, we, I do want to, I do want to kind of get this in because this is something that we've been, we've been bouncing around back and forth for probably six months or longer um, that we, you know, we've talked about, I don't know if we ever talked about doing an episode on it, but one of those things where, you know, sometimes during a, uh, an intro, uh, we might, we might do this and we, <laughs> we joked around with it. We, we ended up saying we was going to call it, you know, our, our heard it on Facebook segment, mm-hmm. <laughs> but really what we're, what we're getting ready to talk about is I think we got a couple examples of things we're going to bring up about, um, uh, things that we see and we're just, I'm going to say social media that, uh, um, really just i won't say triggered i hate that term but you know rubs us the wrong way gets gets our our blood boiling so to speak um try not to make this into this huge rant but i really want to say you know it talk about it from a perspective of 
stop doing this. It, it doesn't achieve anything, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I guess, you know, let's, let's go with the one that bugs you first, uh, or that we talked about. And I don't even remember how this thing got started. So we're not going to be calling out anybody's names or anything like that. But, um, I was sitting at my desk working months ago and, and get a message from Nick and, and it's funny because this same subject came up when I was talking to uh, Adam Miller, and I, I'm drawing a blank on his co-host. I apologize in advance uh, at the Bowhunter Chronicles, and you know they were talking about the the whole elitist um, uh, attitude, elitist. I don't know what mm-hmm. what's the word I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, I know here. where you're going. Where where people that aren't or that you know are just getting started in traditional, or maybe they're shooting traditional and they're shooting modern archery, and they they look at um, us diehard traditional bow hunter guys that that's all we do, and they give us this elitist moniker. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna segue kind of into what. So, <laughs> so okay, Th- this is what the other day I was in a conversation with somebody on Facebook on a particular page, and I heard a term called the plaid shirts. And I'm like, oh, that's the first time I heard of that, the plaid shirts, you know. And, well, the plaid shirts all think you ought to be shooting blah, 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 and this, this, and this. And and, and I've, I've heard of – I've heard other ones too, like the, the straight – or like the the straight brim hats or something like that or the or the Barcelino hatters or something like that. But it, it was – it's the plaid shirts. So now what we've got going on – we all know that there's like there's a resurgence of archery and, and traditional bow hunting right now. It's all a specific kind of person. It's the people who are segueing over from the compound world. They they want more of a challenge. They're they're finding traditional, um, and they're working elements of the modern bow hunting world into what they're doing, and it's more tactical. It's uh, it's. You know, a lot of a lot of clicker shooters, a lot of um, working modern processed, you know, shoot, shot process techniques to shoot better. Um, there's a lot of more gadgetry, um, just a more modern way of doing things. And then you've got the old guard, who are usually older, um, and what they're doing is basically they're they're doing what they've always done where you know you're 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 shooting more instinctive maybe you shoot gap you got nothing on your bow um you're not rolling out in the newest merino wool you know expensive outfit you might have the same old wool shirt and wool pants you've been wearing forever or your pullover asbel pullover or whatever you're doing um and you're basically shooting your wood arrows or whatever, whatever broadhead you might have. Um, not really too worried about, you know, any of that. You're more about the romance and the, and, the, and the challenging way of doing things and the old way of doing things. So you got these two groups. You got the tactical, new, modern traditionalists. And you got the, the plaid shirt, Barcelino hat wearing wool guys that shoot, you know, whatever. Well... They don't always fit real well, and the battleground has been Facebook for probably I don't know what would you say the last two three years. Oh, at, yeah, at least for that. at least the last couple of years. And um, but there's so much animosity in these groups before between these two factions, and it's split just like society split right down the middle. And 
now what's happening is these heart these places that used to be just traditional places on Facebook where people would get on there and I mean back in the day you know when we were on trad gang and stuff like that you know nobody talked about compound stuff on trad gang or or if you were in a in a true and in, and if and if and if they did he gone. He gone. <laughs> you talked about, I, and I mean, if you're talking about, you know, clickers at one point would have been like, what? You know, or releases or, you know, if, if you started talking about shot process and things like that, like we, we didn't, we didn't talk about that stuff 10 years ago. I mean, we just didn't. If you had target panic, you know, you, you worked out of it, um, usually trying to get outside your own head, um, there were books I read. I read a Jay Kidwell book one time, and it gave me target panic. I didn't have it before I read it. Um, so that, I've heard, I've you know, I've heard that same thing. Not related to that book, to other books, yep. but I've heard that same thing many times. We just didn't stress about it. In fact, there was there was a time when the only thing that people thought about was instinctive versus gap shooting and three finger under versus split finger. You know, and gun barreling and stuff. That's all, and and how it's all the same thing. But you know, you instinct and string walking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yep. and I can tell you that we've got, um, and I don't know that they're still in there, but like for for our traditional bow hunters of Georgia, we have multiple shoots throughout the year, and I know the state shoot used to have, and it may still have in the rules. You know, no string walking. You had. Um, you, you had minimum arrow weight restrictions. I mean, and a lot of that's changed. I mean, it's just mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it's just like everything else. We're in a different world. I'm not necessarily here to say for good, bad, or indifferent. I know you and I disagree a bit on some of that. Um, which is funny since I'm the, since I'm the older guy that's, you know, probably fits more into the wool and Barcelona hats, Borsellini hats than you do, but you get what I'm saying. Yep, I, I get mean, what you're saying. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm not here to pass judgment. No. I, I've definitely got opinions we, and well, we can talk about those. We, 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 we <laughs> joked about it. It was more of a, but you didn't roll in with like a target bow with a plunger. I remember when we, when plungers, people were using bows with plungers and people were adamant that if it wasn't wood and you had a plunger, that was not bare bow. Like you could not do that. And we have a lot of more target oriented target shooting people in the game right now that that's what's happening. And even what ends up happening is since they're newer to this whole thing and they're coming in and mingling with these more hardcore guys who have been doing this for holding these old, this old way of thinking, then when the old, when the older gen generation, the plaid shirters start popping on this stuff and start, you know, kind of attacking it and compound shooters and crossbows and things like that. And the crossbow thing is a totally different thing, but compound shooting in particular, now all of a sudden, the people who had just come from that world might still be in that world, just dabbling with traditional, and they join the group because they're now starting to get into it, start to take offense to it, and. That then they're bringing more of their world into it, which is offending the people who were there before. So now you've got this thing. It's like, why are you sharing modern stuff, compound stuff, this stuff, that stuff, stuff associated with that world in this traditional group? This was a traditional group. Why are you bringing this into the traditional group? 
Well, and and so we're kind of talking about two different things here. And I, so I, I babbled a little bit, so you can set me straight. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, and, I, and it's not about setting you straight. I guess I just I want to break them down a little yeah, bit. Gotcha. So let's uh, let's table the 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 compound in, in the trad groups for just a minute. We'll definitely come back to that because I uh, just like you, I've got some things to say about that. Sure. But if we talk about the for lack of a better term, the modernization of traditional archery. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll call it. I know some of this, There's there were sites on, on recurve bows long before there were compounds. So mm-hmm. it, it, that's, you know, you got to be careful with some of this, but, and I, here's my stance on it. Um, and I've, I've really thought about this a lot over the past, probably two years. I, I hear people talk about target panic, knock on wood. You know, I'm, I'm wrapping myself in my head here. It could hit me tomorrow, mm-hmm. but I've never had I've never had target panic. I don't think about target panic. The closest I've ever come is sometimes I will I will hit anchor, and you know me, I'm not a snap shooter. Never have been. I can snap shoot, but I choose not to. I'm more of a deliberate burn a hole in the target where I want to hit, hold yes, it anchor, indeed. and let go. That's that's just that's just the way I shoot. And you know, am I ever going to win any any big target archery? No, but I I I think I shoot okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when I shoot a three D course, when I get to the end of the day, it's on a three D course. I, I typically do not take score, but I am mentally scoring each target as is that a kill or a wounded animal or a miss, mm-hmm. and from that perspective. I feel like at the end of the day, on most 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 days, I do really well, and that is including targets that are placed well outside of the range that I would ever shoot at a live animal. So, you know, from that perspective, I don't get the target panic. I don't get some of the gadgets and this. And but but I'm not everybody. And nope. if if that's what gives somebody else the confidence, I'm fine with it. I I, I really don't have a problem. I look at the clickers and and personally, it's not for me. I, I'll stop short of saying I think it's a little ridiculous. But again, that's it's their bows. Do what you want to. I don't have anything against them. I, and I'm where I do sometimes feel a little strongly about it is when you get some individuals. And again, not speaking of names, but it's just like anything else. There are some individuals that say, "Well, if you're not doing this, you're doing it wrong." Mm-hmm. That's where I have a problem with it. I'm not going to go to somebody and tell them if just because they put a clicker on their bow, they're doing it wrong. It's just not, it's not for me. So I I really would appreciate the same courtesy from other individuals, but you know, people are people. You're never going to get all that, but that's the kind of things that generally get us kind of worked up is when we see that it's not that I think we're, or maybe you are. I, I won't speak for you. It's not that I'm against the stuff. It's it's the way it's presented sometimes. I, I'm a, I totally agree with you. I don't have a problem with it either. I know people who have suffered from target panic and like Joel Turner's shot IQ and Tom Clum's thing has saved them. I mean, and I, I want everybody to enjoy this. So I am not against it at all. What I don't like is being called lazy because I'm not doing all that. Or sloppy. Or you know, whatnot. And that can't, well, that can't be the only way to do it. It's not. Yeah, I agree. And here, yeah. and here's the other thing too. I think there may be a bit of a mentality difference mm-hmm. here. Okay. 
I am a bow hunter. Same. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. I mean, in, pri- in order of priority, you have to get down to around 10 or 11 before I start worrying about the rings on a target. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just not who I am. And everything that I do from January 1 to December 20, 31st, as far as shooting a bow, it's about bow hunting. And for me, the reason that I'm just not drawn to using the clickers and all this other stuff is I honestly think it would do me more harm than good because I there every year, sometimes two or three times in a week, I will put myself in a position where there's no way in hell I'm ever going to draw that bow and hit full full anchor with that clicker. I'm contorting, I'm twisting, I'm shooting behind. I mean, it mm-hmm. just, that's real life hunting situations. And maybe somebody will give me a comment and tell me that I'm wrong there, that I'm missing the point. But I know people short draw when they're doing things differently. And it's not a matter of... Uh, it's not a matter of mentally not hitting anchor. It's a matter of you're you're in a position where you're not going to be able to in a in a normal situation to reach full draw and you're going to have to short draw the bow. And instinctively I can still make that shot. If I'm waiting on that clicker and the psycho trigger and all this other stuff to tell me when to shoot, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss opportunities on animals and that's again, that's why I'm out there. So yeah. Again, for everybody listening, I'm no, uh, neither Nick or I are saying that any of this stuff is bad. We're not. I'm just kind of giving my my point on it. And again, saying I have no problem with people doing it. What I have a problem with is when people start saying, well, if you're not doing it this way, you're doing it wrong. It's just the wrong mindset, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's part of what traditional archery and traditional bow hunting is to me is, yes, you have the fun, fundamentals, but... Everybody's different. Yeah, it ain't going to so, work for everybody. And it's not. I wish we had that more. I wish we carried. And I think, you know what, though? I think that when you're, I've had intellectual conversations with people about clickers, with everything. I, I don't pass judgment. I, I appreciate what they're telling me. Um, and that's great. And that's not, I'm not just picking on clicker people here. This is just everything in general. That's just one subject that came one up. One subject right, that right. came up. Um, People are a lot more civil in person. You can have that conversation. It's when you you get on that social media site and you're whatever mad at that day that might have nothing to do with it. And you see something irritating and then you're like, I don't know why. You know, you start getting into it with people. You treat them differently and people take some people and some people can be civil. And some people can't be civil if their life depended on it. And you've got some that just get. You know they're civil most of the time, and then every now and then something uh, something gets under their skin, and it's like you know what's wrong with Bob today or whoever it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if you knew um, the person, you wouldn't take it usually that way. And I'll, some people just and don't I'll, care. Yeah. I'll give you one example: Chad Weaver. Chad is the uh, Chad is one of the most genuine individuals that I've ever met, and will tell you he'll tell you how it is. If it's opinion, he'll tell you it's opinion. And I see some of the stuff that, you know, he'll make a comment on some of this stuff and it's just like, holy crap, where did this come from, from the people responding? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's inner, it's inner, that, but you hit it on the head. It's, that's, that's the problem with social media, um, is a lot of times people just, they don't have a filter and they, you know, they, 
I mean, and I'll be quite frank. A lot of times they wouldn't have the guts to say some of the well, things that they say on social see, media to your face. You don't see people fist fighting at the Kalamazoo Expo. Right. <laughs> There's well, all and, kinds and, and of you, walks, walks of life there. People are all happy just to be there and talking to everybody. And there's a bunch of different people that all do it a different way there. Um, and, as, and as hard as you try, and believe me, I have, you can't throat punch somebody through the internet. <laughs> <Or you can't>. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we did get to what we wanted to talk about as far as that's concerned. What was the other point you wanted to talk about? So, so the other, we were talking about the, you know, the, um, the, the crossover guys, the guys that are, you know, just coming over from, from compounds or maybe they're still shooting both and you see, you know, the, the, the modern archery stuff posted in the, in the traditional groups, some of these aren't moderated all too well. And then things really go south. Um, and as a result, you're potentially, you know, turning somebody away from traditional archery or traditional bow hunting. But, and this is the same thing I was telling Adam, you know, it, Adam Miller, I'm sorry, from uh, Bow Hunter Chronicles. It, it, it shouldn't have ever been posted to begin with. I mean, you're not going to find a trad guy going into a, a crossbow hunters group and posting traditional bow hunting kills or traditional bow hunting gear. And if you did, and if they did, then I would expect the people in the crossbow group to behave the same way. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, isolated special specialty group. It's focused on a very specific topic. Now the flip side of it is, I don't know, and they may exist. I don't know of any compound bow hunting groups. There's bow hunting groups. And by bow hunting in general, I think, you know, pretty much that's an open market. You should be able to post pretty much anything you want to. But if somebody had a Matthews compound bow hunting group, I would not personally, I wouldn't go in that group and start posting pictures of traditional kills unless somebody in that group specifically requested it, which is probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's a, you know, uh, I, I, I guess I understand why when those posts happen, people go off the deep end. I've been one of them. I, I you know, that's not the place for that content. Mm -hmm. Flip side is trad guys shouldn't be posting outside of traditional groups, unless it's a general bow hunting uh, environment. And then I think it should be just fine. Um, however, I think the biggest problem some of the social media stuff has is with moderation They Again, they're typically, a lot of these groups are not moderated very well. And this stuff, as long as it's sits there and festers, it gets worse and worse. But the only thing I would say to any of this is, yes, people shouldn't just lie down and accept it. People should comment and say, hey, this is a trad group that really doesn't belong. But before you go off the deep end and start just really ripping somebody a new one because you're so mad that this compound showed up in a trad group, keep in mind that this is a potential traditional bow hunter that you probably, you, you have a very good chance of losing forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not fair to the, the sport and it's not fair to that individual. So I would just encourage people, keep that in mind, try to take a deep breath in the grand scheme of things. As much as I don't like it, you don't like it. It's really not going to bring your world falling down around you. If somebody posts a picture of a kill with a compound in a trad group, not saying don't call it out, but 
you know, at, at the end of the day, is it really killing you? Uh, and I, and, and I'll, again, I'm saying this being one of the guys that have done that in the past, but I will say, um, and it really kind of started after talking to Brandon Gravett, who we've brought up on the show before and, you know, getting him into, he sold his compound within a year and now he's full bore traditional bow hunting. And that would not have happened if I had not been cordial and courteous to him the first two times that I met him, regardless of what he was carrying into the woods. Yep. He, it's just a lesson to be he's learned. He's still here. I've tried to make him quit so many times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I, love we, Bran- we, I love Brandon. We we've got stories. We we and I would say we've got stories we could tell, but we can't tell them. So we'll leave that we, one alone. We, we can't. <laughs> we can't tell some of them. And, and, uh, but, no, I I hear what you're saying, and you know, there's. I think I think I get more upset at the escalation, but I really get upset when people start throwing you know, plaid, plaid shirters around and stuff like that. It's like, come on guys. Like people, these guys have been doing this for a long time. So let me, let me just ask you. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. It goes both ways. I'm, I'm I'm not trying to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, I got you. But uh, how many times have, have we been guilty of training wheel? Oh, absolutely. It's all over the place. I, I all I'm I guess all I'm saying is we we all should probably have a little bit thicker skin. Yep, that's all I'm saying. Um, I'm, and I'm sorry. I, I finish your finish your. Thought no, that was it. my point. I think I I it's okay to if you just got into this and have been doing it two or three years, and there's guys in your group that in that group that have been doing it for ten to twenty to thirty or whatever and have been around and you're coming in there and you've got this new way of doing things that you think is the way to do it. You know, remember that those people were there. Like, don't just sweep them under the rug, like your evolution and you're doing it a better way and their way sucks. And they just didn't know any better because they're brain dead hillbillies. I mean, don't treat them like that. That's, that's, I mean, these guys were, I had great mentors when I started archery and they were all those kinds of people, those kinds of people are dying off. Archery is changing. And I would hate to lose some of that, a lot of that, because I don't, you know, I don't really, I'm an old soul. I, I don't really flock to that new way of doing this. I don't mind it either. I have no judgment. But when you start throwing stones at that in a traditional group, because this is now traditional and we've evolved. No, I don't think we've evolved. That's just the way you do it. There's other people that do it the other way. It's not evolution. This has been going on for generations. This activity that we're all a part of. I mean, well, it's a, it's a, it, it, it's one of those. It's an individual sport. It's an inter- everybody's for, got their own path, their own lines. Right. And I know everybody. Why don't you go whittle yourself an arrowhead then? Those conversations always come up and, you you know, everybody's got their own way of doing it. I mean, some people have a line like I'm not into the primitive thing right now. I'd like to get there at some point, but, you know, I'm not going to mix it up with those people and and do anything like that. You know, I mean, I guess I'm rambling. That, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, just ha- have and respect I, and I get both it. ways, you know, and I get it. It's yeah. one of those, you know, the old saying, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Mm hmm. And um, we just happen to, but it's like, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, we just happen to be at, a, at an interesting time where 
I love the fact that there's a lot of energy in this right now. People are doing it and people are really thinking about the processes and what they're doing and want other people to have success. I mean, the heart's in the right place. You know, it's just like, right. hey, man, this works so well for me. I want you to try it. And then it doesn't it comes off as you should do this or you're an idiot <laughs> on social media. So um, I'm loving, well, loving an, that part of it. There's another aspect of it, too. And I still I know we're getting close to the to the hour mark. And I, I do want to touch on one other thing. We, we've actually spent more time talking about this than I expected, which is good because I think it's been good, uh, good conversation. Um, the other thing that I think you have to factor into this is um, the 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 younger the younger group coming into traditional bow hunting, traditional archery. Um, most of those guys are converting from the modern um, the the modern scene compounds. Um, but you also have to keep in mind that again, because we're in this digital age, all of these guys are using. They're using social media. Mm -hmm. They're using things like YouTube. They're using um, uh, online content in a way that, you know, I didn't have. Even when I started getting into, um, you know, when I started hunting with traditional, you know, close to 20 years ago now, we didn't have it. You had forums, mm -hmm. um, and that was about it. Um, so the, you, you got to keep that in mind because that what what that element brings in is – the younger guys that are that are producing a lot of this content, that's that's who that's who these these con converts and and new people are are going to be looking to. So that's that's the way that's the only thing that they know when they get into this. And then when they start running into the 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 older guys that have been doing it so long that don't necessarily do it that way, it's foreign to them. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, yeah. God, we could we could probably have another hour conversation on oh, this. Oh, this would this uh, would know. be a. I'm telling you, this would be a hell of a, a hell of a panel. If you had a conversation, it would it really would. It would be it, an interesting panel. Like if they did this at the expo and they had like three people who were of the old guard and three people of the new guard and that sat down and had a conversation, it would be fascinating. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, ultimately, what I'm getting at is Facebook is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to go quite that far yet. I, I, it 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 definitely has its its look. It makes me pull my hair out on a daily basis, and and then I want to talk about mine. And it's going. I'm going to make it much briefer, but go um, for it, man. or my more recent one. But I, you know, it makes me pull my hair out daily. But it is a great platform to reach a lot of people, mm -hmm. and if if used properly and responsibly, and that's where I'm going with my my little spill here in a minute, but. It, it, you know, if you use it responsibly and 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 try your best as much as you can to avoid the negative, it could do a lot of good. It really can, even in a community like traditional archery and traditional bow hunting. So I'll leave it at that. Oh. Now, go no, ahead. No, I, I wouldn't have sold a book without it. It's a necessary. It's well, a necessary evil. I mean, it is. And it, it is. And, well, it's just the age we're in. And, and I've connected with so many great people. I mean, same here. And it uh, never would have happened here. without it. So, yep. I get you. Um, running, running to a, and I will say this as I go into this next one real quick. You know, if I look at the number of really good people that I've met through social media versus the ones that just uh, that are no that I'm that I'm not only not friends with on Facebook anymore, but have been blocked so that I just don't see any of their garbage. The, the ratios, I mean, it's it's it, it, 
there's a lot more of the good people than there are the bad. But oh, totally. as as humans, we typically tend to focus on the bad for some reason. Uh, which, speaking of, um, and you and I talked about this before, so I'll talk about this one real quick, uh, and then we'll wrap up. But you know, a few weeks ago, I was I was recording a. It was actually the podcast I recorded on the way home from the expo while I was driving, and and I really gave shout outs and kudos to to Jason Samkowiak. Thank the world of Jason for so many reasons, but forget the fact that I know him personally. There are, and Jason's just one of them, and it's not just in traditional bow hunting. The YouTube content is great. There is a lot of really good content out there, and a lot of people putting this stuff together, like Jason, that spends hours and hours and hours, and all they're doing is trying to help others. Um, help them be more successful, help them avoid pitfalls that, that they've gone through, which is one that Jason does a lot. And then every now and then you'll have one pop up like did on Facebook this week, um, where, you know, and, and here, let me, before I go down this path, I don't care if somebody produces bad content, if it's, and when I say bad content, bad audio, um, bad video, not not scripted well or just you know a lot of rambling and like you know like you and I don't ramble <laughs> um but but you know in my opinion video content needs to be a little bit more precise it needs to be short to the point it needs to be valuable because if it's not people are going to watch a few minutes and if you don't hook them they're gone um so I typically try to encourage and support people, even if I think, you know, it could have been done better. I'll offer suggestions, give them the thumbs up. But one popped up this week, uh, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name simply because I'm not going to give him any more uh, attention than he's already got. But the he posted a video that was the title and the big words on this screen were epic fail. That's what he posted. And you go in and look at this video, and it it's basically... Uh, I forget how he opens it, but he's got a, as far as wording, but he's got an arrow. It's on a, a roller and he's rolling it, showing that the end of the arrow is, is crooked or the points not straight. It's a carbon shaft and he is beating up. Um, and because of what else he said, I'm not even going to call the company's name, but he's, he's calling out another company saying, um, well, that ain't good. And this product fails. And he, he goes into this, this rant about how this was a failure and you just look at it and I don't know what the guy did. I don't know if he shot it into something he shouldn't have. If he stepped on it, something happened. The, this is a stainless steel insert that is bent to the point that the whole end of the arrow is wobbling. Um, mm. And he's talking about this thing failed. And when you first look at it, you're thinking, and anybody would think this, is that the way it came out of the package? You know, are you are you showing us that you put this component system together and it's not true? And when I say not true, I mean it was bad wobbling. This isn't a fail. This is this is you did something to damage this this component system and because you're not happy that it it didn't survive uh, you're going to, you're going to trash the company and, and you're going to use epic fail as a means to lure in viewers when it wasn't that the only epic fail was on your part you did something that it wasn't designed to do um you know i i we and i've had these discussions i build errors to try to be indestructible now i've shot this same company's product into solid concrete 
into steel never had a failure. In fact, I've had some that have actually snapped the arrow, you know, two, two and a half inches back on the shaft, heated it up, got rid of the carbon, pulled the inserts back out and used them in, the, in other arrows. Now, the only thing I will say, these were micro diameter shafts. So, you know, it's not as much steel there, but still, this wasn't just a random something happened. So, and, and he didn't go to the, he didn't, he intentionally didn't go um, into what happened to the arrow. And even when people started pressuring on Facebook, he would say things like, well, I don't know, nothing, nothing happened to it. It just, it bent on its own. And it's like, come on, dude. Was, was uh, the shaft actually bent or was it a, or the insert or was it a, could it, could it have been a component wobble because of epoxy not setting no, the, or something? No, the, the, the insert was bent. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and he, and so here's the thing, the way the video finished up, he replaced it and put in a new uh, insert right out of the pack and it was fine. The insert was bent by force. Um, and I don't, you know, again, it was a micro diameter shaft. I've never shot them. I don't know how big a diameter they are. Why would you even post But that? regardless, well, that's what I'm getting at. It, 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 it was strictly done for that whole epic fail at the beginning to try to lure in subscribers and, and, and get views. It, it, none of it made sense. And then he turns around to pull out the insert and takes a, a torch and starts a propane torch and he's heating up the, the components and the carbon, which anybody should know is a no, no, he's using hot melt glue I've used hot melt on on carbon shafts in the past. I don't do it anymore. But even when I was doing it then, I was heating up the components separately and then putting it into the shaft and using low temp glue. Uh, he put a lot of heat on this shaft right away, which tells me he pretty much destroyed the the carbon in the arrow. Um, but that that none of that matters. the 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 point I'm getting at is this: if you're going to produce content try to make the content truly beneficial. I don't see that this had any benefit whatsoever unless you were trying to say, don't shoot your arrows into hard surfaces uh, or they'll bend. Or, which, or at least if you're going to do clickbait, at least show, at least put it on tape what you shot at and bent it and, uh, it, and then well, also exactly. that you catching your hand on fire with a propane torch. And that was, that was the second part I was going to say. So <laughs> if you want to do a video like this, then be thorough explain what what the heck happened that era that component did not bend itself something happened you know what happened if you don't know what happened you should never post the video because you gotta you gotta substantiate substantiate this stuff so if you're going to be doing reviews good or bad be thorough don't just go out there and say you know this product failed look you don't want to buy this it it, it broke or you know Explain what happened. Um, you owe it to the viewers and you sure open, owe it to the company that's trying to produce a product for people like you to use. And if it's truly a, if it's truly a, a problem with a product, sure, by all means, post it if you want to. But give the details as to why, not just, not just this. Again, if, if you go out and watch it, and I'll share the link with you later, Nick, but if you go out and watch it, when you see this thing, you're just assuming, based on the way it's presented, that when he when he built this arrow using these components, it was it was like this out of the box. <laughs> it it just it's ridiculous. Now, um, now if you're going to do all that, at least do it with a cold steel plastic broadhead. 
Uh, don't no. You had no. Not not pulling that thread. We don't have the time. That's 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 our next. That's our that's, next. That's heard a, it on that's Facebook. It's a teaser. Uh, yeah, that's a teaser. But, but anyway, so just again, be responsible. Personally, I probably should, and I may at some point. But I I haven't I haven't done many gear type reviews, um, and I have specifically refrained from posting some regarding products that, in my opinion, don't meet expectations. And part of that's the old school in me of, you know, hearing my mother say, well, if you can't say something good, don't say anything mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Uh, and I may get there at some point, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't need, I don't need viewers. I don't need, I don't need followers. Or I don't need subscribers enough that, that I feel like I need to go out and try to trash a product or a company just to get people to follow me, um, to make myself relevant. It's just not who I am. Uh, and, and again, I feel like this was clearly for that purpose. Um, and I'll be honest, I truly hope the company that he was trashing takes action and i won't say takes action i hope they let the their voice be heard as to what's going on here um mm-hmm. and to their credit i know i know they've been i know individuals within the company that have seen the post and i haven't seen them say anything again probably to their credit because everybody's kind of i won't say rallying behind them but rallying against what's in this what's in this video it's just ridiculous i mean it, uh, and I'm probably sounding like I'm getting over overly irritated about this, but again, if you saw it, I think you'd you'd see why. Um, the video is going to get like five thousand views now. <laughs> actually, no, I don't. It, you mean because of because us? No, know, I, not because I think of the us. last time I looked, it had. I think the last time I looked, it had twenty five or something views, and you know, after this episode airs, it might get another six. <laughs> but. but uh, Anyway, I guess my only point is it goes back to the responsibility. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of good people in this community. And just, again, think about things before you do it. Uh, it's the only thing I'll, I guess I'll close with. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, and we'll come back to the, we'll come back to the, the cheap shot broadheads, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I had to block them and I got in an argument. I, we are going to talk about that eventually. But um, I, yes. I want to close with clicker guys. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> shot, yes, please do. Please do. I, I, I shot David. I shot David Darling's bow. has got a clicker on it. I shot that in my basement. Scared the hell out of me. I'm a caveman. It's not going to work for me. Steve Daughtry, you tried to you tried to convince me of all the benefits of a clicker. Man, I trust your judgment. I'm sure it's great. Not going to happen with me. Literally jumped when I shot that bow. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, I'm a simple, well, here, simple man. <laughs> here's the here's the only thing I will add to that. You know, I shoot I shoot a lot of 3D courses. Um, I've shot with guys that have clickers and everything else. I I have never. I'll admit this. I've never shot side by side with somebody of the caliber of a Rod Jenkins or a Joel Turner. Those kind of people, but. On general, I, I honestly feel like I hold my own with just about anybody that I've I've shot with, and I don't want anybody messing with that. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. <laughs> if 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 I ever need help, I'll come to you. Don't don't try to fix me because I don't feel like it's broken. So <laughs> there you go. If 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 it's if it's not broke, don't fix it for sure. That adage applies to archery a hundred percent. 
But yeah. yeah. Anyway, I thought we Absolutely. had a good little conversation here. I think we did too. We're either going to have a lot of people that'll chime in if they really enjoyed it, or we'll we'll get a lot of hate mail. Either one, I guess. You know, we'll get people thinking. That's that's really all we we were. I think all we were really trying to do here. So, mm-hmm. thank you for thank you for tagging along on the journey with me, man. Yeah. Thank you for uh, for connecting with me tonight. It's been a while, and uh, yes, it has. You stay healthy. You do too, man. Wash your wash your hands. Washy, washy, washy. Um, do it twice. Just re- rinse and repeat. <laughs> for everybody else out there, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll we'll be back with you again uh, next week, and and hopefully, hopefully we can get our our, our original intended guest uh, recorded and, and bring that to you real soon. I really do think you're going to enjoy it. Until next time, take care, all.